everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mixed Up with Mary and Monty. I am Monty. And I am Mary. Welcome to our episode number 18. Yep, buddy. For 2016. The 18-wheeler. The 18-wheeler. Keep <laughs> on trucking. <laughs> we have kept on trucking. Space trucking. Space trucking. Okay. Yeah, all right. Go ahead, your turn. <laughs> trucking song. Uh... Trucking. I can't sing Grateful Dead right no, now. Not, not I don't, bad. I don't have any not bad. acid on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're here, episode 18. How have you been? It's good. Uh, May was crazy busy. May was, yeah, it was crazy busy. It was just, I mean, that's, in a very good way. That's why it's it taken us so long to get back together. Yes, yeah. So. April, the rest of April, we did Film Fest, and then Record Store Day was two weeks after that and that's always craziness for me oh and yeah and the rest of the month just kind of slipped by mm-hmm. and then may happened and my birthday and traveling and yeah. your job and life and the stuff man life yeah. tell me about it yeah and in six weeks has it been six weeks or eight about now? six weeks or about six seven, weeks we i mean the world lost the world lost a legend. A lot of talent. We keep losing talent, but yeah. we lost a legend. That was a hard day. Yeah. I was in Washington, D.C. That's right. Yeah. I was in Washington, D.C. doing some training when I got word during one of the meetings that one of the guys across the table said, oh, Prince died. And he just said it so nonchalantly. And I'm like, excuse me? And he goes, yeah. He goes, uh, Prince died. And I'm like, the, the purple Prince? one? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, the Prince died. And I'm like, you're lying. So I went on my phone, immediately started looking, mm-hmm. all the headlines. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Oh. 57 is too young. That was a rough mm-hmm. one, man. Yeah. Because we were just talking about him, like, at the Phoenix well, Film Festival. we talk about him all the time. Yeah. yeah but Phoenix Film Fest in particular, yeah. your first pick my out of the gates. My first pick out of the gates was, was Prince. Purple Rain. Yeah, yeah Purple Rain. Yeah. It's very sad and very frustrating Yeah. to be that young. And all that music that's sitting there and, and with the death being so questionable yeah you know it's it's just sad when i was in dc i was on the train i take the train everywhere so i took the train to downtown to watch a flick and when i was on my way down there i just had the headphones in and i just bumped purple rain from like start to finish and uh, i was in downtown uh, washington dc right near the memorials at this little pub this little pub slash theater place really cool place I was watching the movie called Green Room. Oh, I've heard only good things about the Green oh, yeah. Room. Just Green. to interject that real quick, though. It was fantastic. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, spoilers, everybody. Spoilers. Plug your ears. <laughs> turn off the podcast for a few seconds and then come back. But I'm going to spoil something here for Green Room. So in Green Room, they talk about your Desert Island album. Oh. And everybody goes through a movie. It's like a constant like comeback. Yeah. So like everybody keeps giving their island island album and i had a lot of fun with it so as the movie heightens and it gets more and more suspenseful people they always call back to this little this little joke and the one of the last guys alive is he's like the real reluctant guy to tell you what he what he would pick (laughs) one of his picks is purple rain of course it is (laughs) and the whole crowd went for the whole crowd did a sigh of like oh and then cheered because it was the same day as the the day that he died the day that he died that's crazy yeah, I mean, it's interjected. We talked about this with Bowie, but, like, both artists pushed the envelope in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Their 
their sexuality, their androgyny, their style. They're never wanting to bow down to the man or uh-huh. anyone telling him what to do. And well, and just like Bowie, like, and I've told people this before, I said Bowie still feels very relevant because his music was still so fresh yeah. with us. Same with Prince. Prince. Yeah. I mean, I, it almost feels like he's still here. Just Yeah. You it'll, know. it'll never go. I mean, and the same kind of thing where a, a new album from Prince came out the yeah. week he died. Mm-hmm. And it's just. Yeah. Anyway, but here's the purple one. Shall here's we? The purple one. Shall we make our cheering audible for the uh-huh. people? Let's do it. And here's to Hodor. Spoilers. <laughs> mm. No, we're just drinking Game of Thrones beer. And oh, that's, that's right. what you cheers with. That's right. When uh, Braun. Yeah. No. Just I Hodor. Mean, just, <laughs> just Hodor. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Speaking of going solo. So, today's Mixed Up with Mary and Monty. We're going to talk about something that I'm going to preface with a story. So, when I was in high school... My freshman year, I kind of grew up with strict parents. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad didn't let me partake in as much as everybody else were partaking in. Because you're an only child? Uh, no, I was the firstborn. Oh. So I had curfew. I had, you know, certain music I could listen to, <laughs> certain movies I could watch, which I tell people to this day is the reason why I'm so immersed in music and why I'm so immersed in film. It's because all the stuff that was taboo, I just went out and soaked up yeah all the music that i couldn't get i just soaked up it has seduced you oh completely yeah and but i remember for homecoming my mom used a term that in kind of like warning me like here's how this is here's how homecoming is going to go for you okay (laughs) you got to come back at 11 o'clock and you're going to go stag and i said stag (laughs) isn't that like an animal right yeah. So I'm like, what does stag mean? I didn't really know what it's that good, meant. It's a good term. Yeah, it's a good term. It's an old term, yes. though. So I didn't quite exactly know what that meant. And I was like, all right, whatever. You know, and I went back to school. And I'm walking around, and I heard another old adult say stag as well. <laughs> and they said it in, like, a connotation that was, like, mean-spirited almost. Like, oh, you're, you aren't going stag, are you? Right? Mm. And I was like, okay, like... I guess it's not a good thing. So finally, <laughs> I decided that I decided I'd go pick up a dictionary and look at what stag <laughs> meant. And I kind of put two and two together and said, oh, it means you're going alone. Mm-hmm. Well, there was this girl that I, I, I wanted to ask. And, you know, you sit on your hands too long. And, and before you know it, someone else is. Another stag has yeah, taken your dough. Another stag has taken my dough. <laughs> and the girl I wanted to ask was asked already. So I decided, I said, well, you know, I'm going to own it. I'm going to go stag. I'm going to go by myself. And uh, that didn't work out too well because I had to leave the party at like 11 o'clock of homecoming. And <laughs> it was very obvious because it was like a slow dance, I think, too. And I just got up and I, I could see my mom's car lights oh, in the parking you're lot. Totally, you're like Staggerella. Pretty much. And I was like, well. <laughs> It's time to go. As I walk out to the car, like, great, that wasn't a good experience at all. (laughs) So anyways, today we're talking about artists who have left the band and have decided to go solo. Stag, if you will. And today's theme is called Going Solo. I like that one. I it's was gonna, I, I was gonna yeah. suggest Han Solo. I was too, but then but I was like, well, that's too on the nose yeah. for us. Just that's going solo on. is pretty yeah. normal for us, actually. Correct. Very so. normal. Yeah. Yeah, but 
And then we want to shout out one of our number one fans. Correct. Josh Taylor. Yes. Who suggested this topic to us a while ago. A while ago. He's like, why don't you do, you know, people that have gone solo from great bands. And so here Here, we are. Here it is, Josh. Yes, this is for you, Josh. Here it is. This is for you first and foremost. And then we hope that everyone else enjoys it. (laughs) I hope we pick good songs. I hope so too. So, without further us. ado, let's get into this mix. We have some good stuff. Mary and I both kind of looked at each other's, uh, our, each other's list before we came out, and I think we had what seven or eight. Yes, the we same? had seven same artists, yeah. and we always pick a ton because you're, we're going to yeah. get crossover, and we try not to get so much crossover. <laughs> but we had seven or eight tonight. It was exciting, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give you a little insight. I never get to see Monty's picks. Yes. Before I get to the podcast. And today I totally tricked him yep. into sending me his list before I showed him my list. That's so right. So she has the I upper hand on powerful. me today. I feel very, uh, <laughs> I feel very uh, like J- junior varsity feel, over here. Against varsity. exposed. So, yes. <laughs> so without further ado, let's go ahead and kick it off. Kick Ladies it. first. Kick it. So this will come as no surprise to anyone. This band in particular, because of circumstances, it's kind of like being a widower. In this situation, I chose the Foo Fighters. Um, surprise, surprise. Um, I chose the Foo Fighters Alone and Easy Target from their debut album that came out in 1995. And as we all know, Dave Grohl was in Nirvana. This actually, this Alone and Easy Target was a song that he was working on when he was in Nirvana. So it's interesting to think about what might have happened. You know, there's a lot of roads that could have been taken. If Kurt would have lived, you never know if at this era they would have, you know, if if Dave would have departed and still done his own thing or if he would have collaborated with him more and turned it into more of a balanced act between the two of them. Because this song in particular is very Nirvana and you can still hear it. But one of the best things about that first Foo Fighters album is that Dave did everything. You know, he played every instrument. He sang all the songs, he wrote all the lyrics, he did everything. Greg Dooley from the Afghan Wigs is the only other person on the record, and he plays guitar, yep. and he's not even singing. So, um, That was the real reason why I, I picked up that album, because I wasn't a big fan of, of a couple of the, the I think, uh, the big songs that came off that album. From um, Afghan Wigs or from No, from, from the from Foo Nirvana. Fighters. Oh, the first, yeah. The first round out, and I was like, yeah. I, I think it was probably because I was still really kind of like i can't believe you you're doing this so soon after nirvana you know well yeah i mean then that's that backstory that none of us knew at the time yeah that we didn't know he was making these songs at the same time yeah and grief is a weird thing you know you have to keep going and we all know that dave grohl is very uh prolific Mm -hmm. and he can't stop so to me in turn this is the beginning of something that helped my life and here we are 21 years later and he's still going strong and but now is in a full-formed band. The other reason I chose this first Foo Fighters album is because I really see it as a solo project, because it really is. Mm -hmm. From that point on, the next album, then it became a band, you know, so. Anyway, um, I chose Foo Fighters, Alone and Easy Target.
solo as well alone and easy target is all about being alone oh yeah and feeling vulnerable and going solo i did have like a meta thing or not a meta thing but a uh we've talked about it before but like my experience of being an independent person or a solo person this is like i could totally turn this playlist into my power list oh, yeah. totally. <laughs> totally. so with is, hope as always is there any uh documentation on when when dave Grohl wrote these songs like yeah they came out through the um uh the the basement tapes okay release and then when he was going back through with sonic highways he was digging when he was in seattle gotcha. and found some stuff so i was gonna say it'd be really interesting to see like compare timeline for him writing these songs to timeline where he was at band wise yeah. to see if any of these yeah. songs you know describe something describe you know maybe being alone and an easy target Correct. compared to the two other people in the band. You got it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Poor thing. Poor thing. He's probably really sad still. He's <laughs> probably still Spending suffering. his millions or waiting for me. <laughs> Rolling around in $100 bills. <laughs> anyway, I'm curious to see what your first pick is, Monty. Well, my first pick comes courtesy of the godfather of grunge. Some may know him as Neil Young, Canadian singer-songwriter. Uh, first band he was in was Buffalo Springfield, yep. uh, which he formed together with Stephen Stills and Richie Foray, and then later joined the supergroup Crosby, Stills, and Nash in 1969. Nash and can't really call it a supergroup at that time. but Yeah, to us I it's mean, a supergroup yeah. because they've all had solo careers after the fact. That's right. But, you know, I in that group, I've always thought of Neil Young, first and foremost, before anybody really? else in that group. I don't know why. Probably, yeah. and it probably is in well, part the due rogue. to the fact that I discovered Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. It's Crosby, Stills, Young. Crosby, Young. <laughs> you know, all the different <laughs> formations. Right. I, I discovered Neil Young solo mm-hmm. before I discovered the, the band oh. together. Um, and then my, it was actually, I think, my That's... father who had told me about where he came from before because yeah. i think harvest was like my, harvest was probably your first yeah, yeah. That was the first one that was the one you stole from me that was one <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was, that was one. one of the ones you stole from me on this turn because i loved <laughs> i love neil young harvest moon that's yep. it's a perfect song but anyway i'm sorry <laughs> i actually uh, i actually didn't pick harvest moon what did you pick i picked a song from his album after the gold rush mm. which was released in 1970 as one of the four big albums that released that released during that time by each one of those guys. Um, but my favorite song from there is a song that I always tell our friend Jeremy LaCarney, if I, one day when I'm old and gray and I pass away, if Jeremy's still alive, I want him to play and sing this song for me. Oh. And it's called Birds. Beautiful, beautiful mm. song. I just love kind of the simplicity of it and 
really like this is kind of you get a, a feel for maybe who Mr. Young is mm-hmm. underneath it all. But it's a song about, of course, about love, a song about loss, a song about change, you know, all the yeah. things that I think compose majority of his work. Well, besides politics mm-hmm. as well, too. Which and came rock along, and roll. And yeah. rock and roll, which came along a little bit later. But So here's Birds off of After the Gold Rush. Tomorrow, see the things that never come today. When you see me fly away without you, shadow on the things you know, feathers fall around you and show you the way to go. It's It's over Nestled in your wings My little one Is special Morning brings another sun Ladies and gentlemen, that was Neil Young For your listening pleasure Oh, I'm gonna... I'm going to fight with you about something. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Third of the Dukes. So Godfather of Grunge, Neil Young. Mm-hmm. I do not believe he's the Godfather of Grunge. Who would you say? I think that was given to him erroneously by just playing with Pearl Jam. Okay. Uh, Mike Watt. And I will go back because he's flying the flannel <laughs> way <laughs> fucking like and being indie and fucking awesome i completely i completely agree with you and it bounces back to the foo fighters because that was the first tour they went on mm-hmm. as the foo fighters they went with well and eddie vetter was there too yep. so eddie should know that flying the flannel <laughs> flannel <The> mike <laughs> what is the godfather i agree i agree neil young's canadian he can't I do, be i do think that <laughs> he it, can't it be kind of one of those things that they just <laughs> bestow it on right him. Like, yeah but you're yeah. right there's no, there's no fight with me on that okay. one. I'm okay, okay, good. I'm good with that. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of old timers <laughs> <laughs> and people, so when I was a kid, uh, I heard Steve Winwood's Higher Love on the radio, mm-hmm. and I thought it was the best song I'd ever heard. Oh, yeah. And I had to go get the cassette, and I played the shit out of that. <laughs> I think I must have played it a billion times. <laughs> And I had no idea that Steve Winwood had ever been in anything before that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought he was like, and I had no idea he was English. I just thought, this is an amazing song. It's on the radio all the time. And then seeing the video, I was like, oh, that guy's kind of old. So Poor. Steve Winwood's one of those artists that you, I had no idea. And so it was a nice learning experience of traffic and and all of the other things that he's done that are Blind amazing. Faith. Yeah, Blind Faith. Spencer Davis group. Yep. Like, and then to go back to Spencer Davis group, I was in yeah. awe. But I'm sorry, you were going to say something. You you had fight and face. <laughs> I, well, I feel bad for Steve Young. I do. I feel for bad. Steve Young. I'm sorry, not, Steve <laughs> not the, the 49er <laughs> quarterback. Of course you do. I feel bad I for do. Steve Young too. <laughs> this <laughs> glory days are gone. <laughs> I feel bad for Steve Winwood because it always seems like he's always a little overlooked. Oh yeah. You know. Like, yeah, that's the other thing about him. Every year that he he has this great band come out there's always someone who seemed to have gotten that 
that mantle like a second before he did. Right. Like even when he just went solo, it was like same time that Peter Gabriel went Peter solo. Peter Gabriel, same Phil time Collins. that Phil Collins went Rod pro. Stewart. I mean, just all these yeah. guys who like sound. And don't get me wrong, I would say Higher Love is probably the best one of that song of, yeah. of that thing. But dude never gets any recognition. Yeah, and then I, you know, I think it's an interesting thing because like going introspectively and thinking about myself as a younger person and why I love this song so much. Like I always, you know how I am. Like mm-hmm. I feel very I. I forget how loving I've always been from a very young age and like I believed in love and all of these crazy things and the higher love even if it's about God or whatever mm-hmm. it's not really about God to me it was just like it's a love song and I love love songs yep. so <laughs> anyway um, here's Steve Winwood higher love impression of me as a nine-year-old and he just assumed I had giant hair which I kind of did you're probably whipping it well I was nine years old when that album came out um and there's there are three things about that song that I didn't mention yet Chaka Khan on the background vocals and she compliments Steve Winwood's voice Chaka incredibly and Monty likes to do his Whitney Houston impression (laughs) saying Chaka Chaka (laughs) (laughs) that's really good (laughs) But um, the other thing was, it's the blue-eyed soul thing that I love. Yeah. You know, that Spencer Davis, but totally 80s. But thank you. That was a nice dance that you did. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So this may be a little weird choice for me, but I do have to defend this next artist because I think what he did with a boy band in the early 90s was all right but i was like you know nkotb already did this already bbd already did this already you know like frankie valley did yeah, this already they already did, did four this seasons. you know like and all and those three groups in sync and backstreet boys and 98 O-Town. degrees and O-Town. o-town they all sounded pretty much the same yes. to me like yeah, i, could, same I formula still can't really distinguish if you played it one of their songs right now i'd be like oh i can i know that yeah. But I do have to say that Justin Timberlake going solo, probably one of the best things that he could have done. Oh, my God, yes. And yeah. four albums deep, Justified, Future Sex, Love Sounds, 2020 Experience, Volume 1, 2020 Experience, Volume 2. I mean, they're all solid albums. Yeah. Justified, Cry Me a River. Oh, Holy I love that song. smokes, yeah. man. When that song came out, That's I remember Timberland thing, you I know? was laughing kind of. I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Cry me but river. that beat that kicks in, man, oh. Yeah killed it yeah and 
you know, just from there, I think uh, he's consistently evolved and has gotten better. Yes, he's incredibly album. talented. Yeah. yeah. And I think him kind of separating himself a little bit from Timberland has helped a little. Yeah. A, a little Because I, I think when when 2020 Experience Volume 1 came out, I remember telling my wife, I said, this is like, that they should have called this album Timberland Presents Justin Timberlake featuring Timberland. <laughs> you mean Justified <laughs> or 2020? Well, I think like Justified it got worse. Was... I think it got worse as each mm-hmm. album got. At least Justified was new enough that you're like, okay, Timbaland's on it. We get it. He's a producer. Then Future Sex Love Sounds come in, and you could hear Timbaland in the background going, Timbo, Timbaland, you know? <laughs> uh huh. But Future Sex Love Sounds, that album in its entirety is incredible. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, the departure from Justified, where it was, Justified really did him justice. And I don't want to sound cheesy, but. But it was still under a thumb of overproduced stuff. Yeah. But Crimea River is incredible. Mm-hmm. But then Future Sex Love Sounds is like, Hello. sexy back. <laughs> sexy back. Man. You well, heard that and song I didn't everywhere. even like Sexy Back yeah. that much. Like, I chose. I mean, from that album, I chose uh, what comes around goes around, yeah. or what goes around what comes, goes around, around, comes around. around, because I think that song is emotionally amazing and. Yep. The whole thing is just really well done. And the overtures and the pieces between the songs on Future Sex Love Sounds makes it a full, like, it's a concept album. Yeah. And way more mature than Justified. Oh, but yeah. Anyway, I'm kind of stealing your No, it's okay. It's okay. Because <laughs> I, I he's incredible, and he's one of the best solo artists to come from a band. Oh, yeah, completely. Like, I like, you almost don't yeah. even remember he was, like, at least I don't. I, I forget sometimes. I'm like, oh, he was in a boy band at one yeah. point in time. the top ramen hair. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny because I've worked, you know, record stores, and I was working in that era. I literally sold NSYNC records to the era of JT coming out, and then I got to work those records, and it's like, it was so much better. <laughs> did any of, did any of <laughs> those know. guys ever do an in-store? No. None of those groups did an in-store? Not in my place, anyway. Not, place, yeah. <laughs> Not in my place of work, but... Yeah. Well, I picked a song from his third album, which is 2020 Experience. It uh, came out in March of 2013, so pretty recently. But I, mm-hmm. I love this song. And it was a song that I think uh, my wife and I were driving back from California, and we picked it up at like a store or something like that. And we're driving back, and we just listened to it like a, cu- a couple times. Yeah. But it was the song Mirrors that really stuck out to me. And we both were like, oh, that's the best song on the yeah. album. And we both thought, I think, at that time, too, that was probably the best song that he had come out with at the time. But uh, I really enjoy Mirrors. It's a, quite a long song. Yeah, it is. About yeah. eight minutes long with yeah. some Timbo slicing yeah. in near the end. Yeah. I cut it before Timbo steps in. <laughs> but anyways, here's well, Mirrors by Justin Timberlake. Aren't you something to admire? Cause you're shining something like a mirror And I can't help but notice You reflect in this heart of mine If you ever feel alone And the glare makes me hard to find Just know that I'm always very loud on the other side Cause with your hand in my head And a pocket full of soul I can tell you there's no place we could Just 
question. Yep. Would you, did that make you want to get married all over again and like, like, feel like, <laughs> honey, well, I'm so in love with you after you heard that song, listening to it with the person you love, do you really like, oh, of get course. married again? That's probably, just for the fun of it. <laughs> well, that's probably why we, uh, why we, we both picked that song. Yeah. I mean, when, when Tammy and I listen to something together, it almost seems like it's a different listening experience because mm-hmm. we're listening for ways to kind of connect yes. through the album. So I, I remember when Adele's second album came out, we just, it was our anniversary actually. And we ate at this really nice restaurant. We're driving home and we just kind of got lost on the drive, just taking the scenic route. I think it was a really nice night. And we were just playing Adele over and over and over again. And I think after it was all finished up, we were like, we both were like, what's your favorite song? And we both picked like the same song. And so, and again, it said, and it was a song that definitely like showed like a coming together. Mm -hmm. So. Anyways, enough of like, enough of like those the, stories. Yeah, I like those stories, Monty. It's a lot of there's a lot of uh, hearts and hearts and love hearts and, and love going on right now, <laughs> as it should be. Hearts and love. Um, I have big heart eyes for this next artist. Oh, <laughs> good transition. Thank you. Uh, Bob Mould is an incredible artist that has been around for since the late '70s making music. Started with Husker Du. What and so this is a great thing because Bob Mould's done it a couple times. He's changed his bands or his style. Well, this style not so much, but projects. Yep. <clears throat> he starts with Husker Du, goes into Sugar, which I think is probably one of the most, one of my favorite bands, and I just don't know why. Like, it's just, that's my aesthetic, and this is why I like the Foo Fighters. You know, it's like, there is no Foo Fighters without Bob Mould and Sugar, in my opinion. It's not, it's, Nirvana is like Sonic Youth, whereas Foo Fighters is like Sugar Mm -hmm. and that style. And so I can't not be very appreciative of Bob Mould and Sugar. And Copper Blue, as an album, is one of the most perfect albums, in my opinion. And it's, it's an indie classic. Oh, yeah. And it's just a strong piece because it's emotional and it's a pop-driven record, but it's very guitar-heavy and drums and all of these things is... And to think about all of these songs are I, it was very difficult to choose. So I'm fairly positive that in an early meeting with you before we were really like friends and you were just clerk and I was customer. I think I'm, I'm did I say fairly, goodbye some sugar records? I think I'm fairly positive <laughs> you turned me on to this album. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Well, Copper Blue is a perfect yeah, album. I'm pretty yeah. sure that this was a a recommendation from you. So well, good. I'm glad I did my job. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I chose Changes. Um, I finally kind of landed on that one because the song helped me. I have I have a lot of memories of Copper Blue, but like when you are transitioning and having a new phase, this song is very powerful. I think this and I had a hard time choosing between Hoover Dam and Changes, but I went with Changes. So enjoy.
<laughs> you guys missed high-fiving. <laughs> <laughs> Over our disdain for Eagles and Beach Boys. <laughs> Sorry, Eagles and Beach Boys fans out there. But it's going to be a long-ass time before you hear one of their songs on oh, here. I'm just kidding. I think, God only, I think God Only Knows is played here, right? God Only Knows what you're... God Only Knows that you're going to hell. I know, right? Okay. <laughs> so away from Bob Mould and Sugar, and a little bit more with my second choice of Justin Timberlake... And I'm not comparing these two artists at all. I'm just telling you <laughs> I that say, I am, there is no comparison in my book. However, uh, you could feel the influence of Justin Timberlake trying to emulate this next artist. Mm-hmm. And my next artist mm. is Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And MJ uh, made an album called Off the Wall mm-hmm. after meeting Quincy Jones on the set of The Wiz. And he signed with Epic mm-hmm. and he went solo. Well, he had gone solo prior. He had a couple solo albums out, but I mean, you got mm, yeah, count Ben. Ben, yeah, Ben's ben a solo. Ben was huge. Yeah, yeah Ben but, was huge. But he was still connected to Jackson Five. Correct. He was so young, and it was like, still under the same production team, mm-hmm. still manipulated by every ounce of Jackson Five, you know, yeah. writers and producers. But Big Daddy Jackson. Yep. Yeah. But off the wall, with Quincy, made MJ who he is. Oh fuck yes! I mean, yeah. It was just an album that, like, I mean, you start off the album with just, like, just so many good songs. But my favorite from that album is Working Day and Night. It's probably my favorite song off that album. Um, trying to remember what the start-off song to that album was. You remember you the song? You got me working, working day and night. I want to say that the opening to that song, to that album, is Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Yep. Followed by Rock With You, mm-hmm. then Working Day and Night, yeah, it's then Get On The Floor, then Off The Wall, then Girlfriend, then She's Out Of My Life, then I Can't Help It, then It's Falling In Love. It's the falling in love, right? Look at that album, man. It's a perfect album. Oh, my goodness. I was just talking about it actually a couple weeks ago because they've reissued it on vinyl, and I was like, I have to have Off oh. The Wall on vinyl because it's such a perfect album. Exactly. And it's my favorite of... It's the most pure Michael Jackson because he hadn't been, you know, mm-hmm. kind of... I mean, MJ's story is a weird one because he was always manipulated by somebody or something. But at that time, it was just so... I think Quincy was such a wonderful influence yep. and really let him be who he was. And it was so soulful and dance. And you hadn't heard anything like that. No. No. At all. So. And, you know, for MJ, who kind of had this... You know, it, it was it was a persona that he mm-hmm. had with Jackson Five. Even when Jackson Five stepped away from 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 their production team and did those three albums that were kind of a little different, yeah. you know. And I think they came after Off the Wall, correct? Mm, Didn't he go yes. back with just the Jacksons? Yeah, when it was just the Jacksons, yeah, yeah. It, was yeah. it was Jackson Jacksons. Five, then Solo, and then just the Jacksons, you got it. yeah. Because yep. then they came back with Can You Feel It? Yep. Boom boom. Yeah. And even those albums, you could feel the MJ influence mm-hmm. off of Off the Wall with that. Yeah. With, but never was it never was as, like you said, as pure as Off the Wall. So here is Working Day and Night off of uh, Michael Jackson's Off the Wall.
Jackson, everybody. Yo, MJ. Get about your seats and <laughs> dance. Um, uh, this next artist, George Michael, got up out of his seat and danced away from Andrew Ridgely. Yes. See what I did there? Yeah, I saw that. That's Very good. Nice. That's good. That's Very good. nice. He wanted his freedom. He w- <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know. <laughs> as we all know George Michael came out well that's another punny kind of thing he came out with his first solo record <laughs> called Faith and we all know yeah. the power of faith oh, yeah. in that record oh, yeah. but George Michael to me as a true artist showed himself with Listen Without Prejudice that album is incredible from front to back and it showed how incredible George Michael's voice was. Yep. Um, Cowboys and Angels, that song. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I adore Wham, but Wham makes me feel eight years old, whereas George Michael's Listen Without Prejudice is like, okay, yep. here are some things that you need to know when you're about to be an adult. Yep. <laughs> and Listening Without Prejudice against him or anyone's you know that whole album so uh, freedom isn't necessarily my favorite song from that album but i think it expresses going solo the most and what he needed to say as an artist and it is a really good song and everybody loved that video Mm -hmm. oh yeah especially men oh yeah yeah with all the models oh yeah and the stuff but Anyway, it's a very George Michael thing, and my grandpa's name was George Michael, by the way. Oh. I don't think I've ever dropped that nope, bit of knowledge. Never dropped that. It's pretty funny. George Michael? Yeah. Wow. So. Papa, Papa Pappenhausen? No, no, he wasn't the Pappenhausen. Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> he could just go by George Michael. Sure. So, I sure. mean, who needs Pappenhausen? That's but right. he really wasn't. Anyway, so enjoy George Michael, Freedom 90. not the david hasselhoff song monty's obsessed with the fucking david hasselhoff song today i'm searching for freedom <sighs> remember that song he sang on the berlin wall right is that what it yeah. was yeah yeah that's the one but all that's I can think, not george all, michael fyi all i can think about when i hear hasselhoff is him fucking singing that song in a speedo with a cheeseburger in oh, his mouth oh yeah yeah hey you know, we can't all have graceful <laughs> moments. Okay? True. We can't all have great, True. great graceful moments. True. So I went <laughs> with my next pick. I kind of went a different route because I think 
in the debate with artists going solo, there's a lot of people, you know, they talk about the Beatles going solo. They talk about, you know, the many numerous people who have gone solo and have made brilliant, brilliant albums. And I'm not taking anything away from them. But we all know, we all know that Paul McCartney made great albums. We all know that John Lennon made phenomenal albums. We all know that Eric Clapton went on to make some great albums, yeah. right? These are these are known facts, yeah. right? Of course. So I'm not going to reiterate to my to the to you audience <laughs> things you already know. Yeah. If I'm going to pick one of those albums, I'm going to pick a song from there that you probably don't listen to a lot, and I'll give you something like that. However, I went different with okay. this next pick. You know how much I love the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. You know my love for Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang's for the children. Wu-Tang didn't continue going with a group. Wu-Tang did their first album, found a lot of success, and said, you know what, guys? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Negotiate your own deals. Go ahead and put some stuff out. You got Old Dirty Bastards album. You got Method Man's album. You got Ghostface's album. And then you have the Jizza's album, which I have oh, told you, you, people yes. here that yes. that is the greatest album of the 1990s <laughs> liquid swords have. is the greatest album of the 1990s you guys know that already i, I, I hope they know you guys but know I that would debate with already. you on the 90s but anyway yes relax mary okay <laughs> we're gonna pull relax. out liquid swords and fight we're gonna pull liquid swords out and fight <laughs> but i wanted to give a little bit of shine to my boy chef raekwon mm-hmm. and his album only built for cuban links which i would say is a very couple of inches i mean a minuscule distance away from that top spot Whoa. with the genius only built for cuban links was released in 1994 raekwon signed a deal with loud records which kind of was like the that was a big big label for hip-hop guys back yeah. in the day and the first song he released with loud was a song called heaven and hell it was released on the fresh movie soundtrack fresh holy shit i yep. forgot about that but his first solo album, only built for Cuban Links, came out a year later, in 1995. Great reviews, phenomenal reviews. Yeah. Didn't break many records, because Takao was still up there. Method Man's album was still on high mm-hmm. on, on, on the high wire. Only ODB's Shimmy Shimmy Ya song was way yeah. up there. You know, so Cuban Links kind of got swept under. Took a few years for people to kind of say, you know right. what, we should give that album a listen. Give it a listen, because. Yeah. Raekwon is one of the best storytellers out there. Yeah, I think it's one of those pieces like that didn't get it's it's consistent. It's an evergreen, where at the time it was competing with more uh, superficial, oh, yeah. topical pop pop influence yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Shimmy shimmy, yeah. I mean, ODB, you can't. That's a club yeah. song. Yep. But only built for Cuban links is a full piece. It that's is. an album that it people is. listen to from front to back. It's like. EPMD or oh, yeah. 36 Chambers, yep. anything that you needed to listen to in a full piece. This, this was is one, one of them. Exactly. Yeah. So I picked Incarcerated Scarfaces from Raekwon's 1995 release only built for Cuban Links. Enjoy. 
meat lump. For real, it's just slang rap democracy. Here's the policy, slot off the ring, plus the wallabies. Check the status, soon to see me at Caesar's Palace eating salads. Be beating Mike Sinegis to Dallas. I move rhymes like retail, make sure shit sell. From where we at, some of my man sell. From staircase to stage, minimum wage. But soon to get an article and rap page. But all I need is my house, my gat, my act. Bank account fat is going down like that. And partner French, but let me speak Italian. Black stallions, wildin' on Shaolin. That means the Allen is statin', and niggas carry gats in. Mad police of Manhattan. Now, yo, yo, what up, yo? Time is running out. It's for real, though. Let's connect politics. Ditto. We can trade places. Get listen the We have a lot to say about this particular album. We still, I mean... Like I said, this still this album still sells consistently because it's required listening, just like required reading. Yep. You know, we should make a class about required listening. We should do like that a, is a great we idea. Do like a lesson plan, one of these episodes where we like lay out semester one five <laughs> semester one. Wait, are we doing like a graduate program or undergraduate program, or are we just doing one class? I would I would assume that our intellect together would be like a graduate program it course, could be. don't you think? Mm-hmm. Because we'd really break it down, right? So, like, let's say, like, yeah, lesson can... one would be, like, rhythm and blues. Okay. And sun house. Oh, that's a lot. Right? Yeah. And I mean... then lesson two would be, like... Um, <laughs> How did the Wu-Tang record? Correct. <laughs> In <Yeah>. an alleyway <laughs> with one fucking <laughs> with microphone, one microphone where they all just rotated, like, a little bunch of hamsters around Homeless it. Homeless guy standing on a ladder <laughs> holding it <laughs> so it hangs between all of them. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Right? Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there to this. This is kind of required. If you want to know strong female artists. Yes. I don't know if... It, actually, it might be easier for female artists to go solo than men. I can see that. I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like women are usually the... Uh, what's it called? For some reason, I wanted to say chartreuse, but um, the, the, the songstress... Yep. You know, you're used to a female by herself. Mm-hmm. This one in particular, Stevie Nicks, is an incredible solo artist. Like, the thing about Fleetwood Mac, I would say, is that there were many solo artists within that yeah. band, and they were yeah. just waiting to become solo artists mm-hmm. in an era of their. Uh, Fleetwood Mac has a band we all know is incredible. I was just going <clears> to <throat> say, we could do a master class the on, chemistry on of, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, the chemistry, the sounds, the evolution. All of those things. But to have two of the most prolific, uh, strong female musicians with Stevie Nicks and Christy McVie, it's pretty incredible. But Stevie took the 80s by the fucking horns. Oh, yeah. And came out strong. She's like Arizona Tina Turner, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) Not to say that Lindsay Beater did anything like that. But so I chose Stand Back. The track from Wild Heart. Yeah, it was Wild Heart, right? It was. Yeah, from 1983. Mm-hmm. And I believe... Uh, One of my it, favorite covers, because it looks metal. Oh, well, everything with her looked yeah. metal, because she's a witch. <laughs> yep. She's, oh, yeah. Well, some people would call her the goat queen, but yep. <laughs> but Belladonna oh, yeah. into Wild Heart, and everything looked very gothic, very much <laughs> metal <laughs> yeah and now is this is stand back the prince song <laughs> 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 metal. 
But tell me. <gasps> Metal. <laughs> which which song did Prince write? I don't for know. Stevie Nicks. I don't know. That's a you got me on that one. I'll find out though. Because you know. We have. <laughs> Stand we have, back. Stand back. Uh, We're having a moment. Uh, hold on, people. You're gonna have to edit all of this, all of our ums and things. Um. Mirror, mirror. No. No. Um, the gar no. <laughs> what song was it? I just put it on something. You got me drunk, Hodor. Well, I know. Hodor <laughs> got me drunk. What? Is it? Stevie Nicks. It is Stand Back. Prince. Yeah, Stand yeah, Back. Yeah, I am right. Yep, you, you made me doubt myself. Be confident. Be confident. I can't believe you made me doubt myself. I didn't but anyway, do so here's to fucking Prince. Awesome. Cheers. Not you. I mean, no man call my name no man came so i walked no doubt away from you baby your attention was all that you could do one man did not go he asked me for my love and that was all stand back stand back in the middle treadmill in that video yep that's pretty funny i remember funny. the video yeah and uh to just reiterate my brain was tired and it's late and i can't believe i doubted myself on my skills never doubt yourself for naming it as a print song because it sounds just like fucking little red corvette one of the few podcasts that we're actually doing in the late hour in the late mm-hmm. night i mean it's it's pushing it's pushing near 10 o'clock right now yeah. and we're still talking yeah. so but anyways Let's get back to it, okay? Get it. We're here for you. We are. We are. Whenever you listen to it, just think <laughs> of us. So this is no surprise. And again, I went in this whole high horse about I'm not going to pick people who are we all know should be picked for albums. Like I'm not oh, going to tell you, you off right? The high horse. And then I, I decided I was going to talk about Lou Reed for a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you stole another one from me. <laughs> And uh, we we know Lou Reed, you know, primary influential influence behind Velvet Underground. Mm -hmm. Went solo and has been, he was solo for nearly, what, five decades? Oh, yeah. Way longer than he was ever with Velvet Underground. I mean, that that ratio is 80-20. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's still shocking to me. And I guess it shouldn't be shocking to me, but, you know, people, you look back at the history books and Velvet Underground is a failure. In some regards, 
as far are as like... Are you talking like, about sales or what are you talking about? Sales and kind of maybe like the commercial love. I think they... they well, they never wanted commercial love. Correct. Though, but Lillian. that regardless of what they wanted, <laughs> you know, there still is a modicum of... I guess. You I know, hate that shit. I know, but still, re- relax. But I'm sorry. It's late in the it's, evening. I know. Mary's going to flip out I'm, I'm a little... We're going to talk about 1972 <laughs> and the studio album Transformer, which I think, for me, I bought simply because the album cover looked dope. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. It just yeah. reminded me, like, this dude's going to tell me something, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen. And, we're, you know, you look at the tracks on there, Walk on the Wild Side finishes side, side one, start up side two with Makeup, and we go right into one of my favorite songs by Lou Reed satellite of love yeah yeah well and like i said we we picked seven of the same artists this yep. time lou reed to me is very very special like mm-hmm. it's it makes me feel okay about life that making choices that are not everybody is okay with yep. is okay for you to make and being a transformer and yep. changing yourself into something else i picked uh perfect day yep and satellite of love like i can't quite pick between the two of those Perfect Day is a beautiful song. It really is. I mean, beautiful it's song. and Satellite of Love. I mean, and Satellite of Love has David Bowie yep. singing background, and mm-hmm. so anyway, good choice, Monty. Thank you. I approve. Here's Satellite of Love from the great Lou Reed. I've been told that you've been bold with Harry, Mark, and John. Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellites gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. I watched it for a little while. I love to watch things on TV Satellite of love Satellite of love This, this song was utilized in a movie called Adventureland, and it happens with a, a boy and a girl driving home in a car, you know, and this song plays. And uh, I hated it because... You hated I, the use of the song? I hated the use of the song because hmm. I just thought it was like... Too cheesy? Yeah. Well, Perfect Day yeah. and Trainspotting is, will make up for it. It does. It does. <laughs> because... But Satellite of Love, you know, has been utilized in a couple of different different films yeah for for some reason the only one i can think of right now is that terrible movie adventureland it wasn't terrible it's a good movie but and it has a great soundtrack yeah but that the use of satellite of love in that car with them with kristen stewart and jesse eisenberg Mm -hmm. driving home just like felt i mean forced you just felt like way to tarnish the song almost how do you really feel i know i I, I (laughs) again go back to train spotting yes and a perfect day think about it Irving, right. Welsh, so train spotting, you're, it's fine. <laughs> so much Heroin better. involved, as it should be. Um, and again, thank you for picking that song, because we were very close on that one. Although I would have played Perfect Day, so you wouldn't have gotten angry about a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy right now, thinking about train spotting. Um, I picked a, a, an exotic person that we've never talked about before. 
which is very strange that we haven't talked about her. Very strange. We haven't like uh, we should maybe do a podcast about oddly spelled names and yep. or people outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Um, so Bjork started her career with the Sugar Cubes, mm-hmm. and if you knew the Sugar Cubes, you were like, "That girl is adorable." Where are these crazy people from? Like, out of nowhere comes an Icelandic pop yep. indie group, which I had never been like, like, I'm sorry, what? Nope. <laughs> Sugar Cubes, famous for the birthday song at that point. That was probably their bigger, their I biggest hit. Seeing the, her, <clears throat> I remember seeing her video on MTV for the first time. And for just Sugar be, Cubes or, or Solo? Solo. Yes. And just being like, She's adorable. This is, uh, I remember thinking that more or less it was this was strange, mm-hmm. but like being like, wow, it's like kind of catchy. Yes, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it. <laughs> you know, so. so I chose a song from Post from 1995. I think this was actually was Post her first or second solo album. 95, I believe that's her. It's second. probably her second. Yeah. yeah. So Post comes out, and it's oh so quiet. Mm-hmm. is my pick from this one it's very difficult for me monty got to see me work shit out yep on picking which bjork song because i love um hunter yep. and all is full of love from homogenic from 1997 but i think post really captures her being solo but still the influence of the sugar cubes and being a bit more poppy and this song really shows off her pipes like she turned yeah. into she turned into doris day and mm-hmm. Dinah Shore and Barbara Streisand, and then the video was just crazy and happy, and yep. so you've got great singing, and then this like crazy losing her mind. The other thing about Bjork is that she's like cuckoo. Oh yeah, <laughs> you remember her rage issues that yep. she would have. So anyway, it's also jumping, quite really jumping at cameras, and, <laughs> yep. right? But. I think that's another one of my characteristics is I like light and dark. Jumping at cameras? Well, no, not oh. jumping at cameras, but li- <laughs> I like light and dark. I like the Hulk. You know, I like yeah. I like a person who's laid back but then crazy. Mm-hmm. And this song really, really exemplifies oh, yeah. that. So anyway, here's Bjork. It's oh so quiet. So peaceful until Turns into a Bjork. <laughs> Before <laughs> the like dark beats the, dark the shit out of you. <laughs> How dare you keep me this late? 
<laughs> Don't take my picture. I have to drive back to Iceland from over here. Yeah, that's true. You got to Iceland. <laughs> so I I moved on to a uh, an artist who had a very very prolific career with his band. His band had, gosh, ten albums, ten albums, no nine albums before he went solo. So we got. Paranoid, Master of Reality, Black Sabbath, Volume 4, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, Sabotage, Technical Ecstasy, Never Say Die, as one of the best heavy metal groups of the 1970s. 60s and 70s. 60s and 70s. Homeboy's like, peace out. I'm going solo. (laughs) Comes out with an album called Blizzard of Oz in 1980. We're talking about Mr. Ozzy Osbourne. Mm -hmm. Don't get it twisted, young people. Okay, I know you saw him in that Osborne show, reality TV bullshit, but <laughs> that's so not either. him. Okay? Those people aren't so young either, by the way. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Right now, they just think he's some grandpa. And regardless of how crazy you think he is, this dude bit a head off, bit the head off of a bat in a in a meeting, and it was a, it was for real. It wasn't a joke. Okay, and has consistently been an influence in metal. Yeah. Even with his solo albums, which he's still making, which he's still making. 2013 saw the release of 13 by Black Sabbath. Yeah. And, I mean, only a couple of new songs on that album, but still. (laughs) Oh, well. But But he's still working. 1980, Blizzard of Oz. 1981, Diary of a Madman. 1983, Bark at the Moon. 1986, The Ultimate Sin. 1988, No Rest for the Wicked. I guarantee you, you probably have every one of those in your collection. At least three of the four. Exactly. Then we get to the album that I'm going to pick a song from, which is 1991's No More Tears. Got 95 Osmosis. And then we took a break, six years. 2001 brought us down to earth. 2005 brought us undercover. 2007 brought us Black Rain, and 2010 brought us Scream. I went through his entire catalog of music there, and I guarantee you, <laughs> if you don't have over 50% of those albums, there's something wrong with your musical collection. <laughs> but I picked an, a song off of his album, No More Tears. Uh, it's the closing track on that album. It's okay. called Road to Nowhere. And Road to Nowhere. I'm surprised by this. Yeah. Road to Nowhere isn't necessarily one of his uh, more metal songs. It's a really kind of soft, softer metal song, mm-hmm. rock song, if you will. But I have a very special connection to this song because back when I was in high school, uh, Emo Monty. Remember we talked about Emo oh, Monty yeah. before, right? I wish I could have met Emo very Monty. I would have given Emo Monty right? a hug. Very, very <laughs> like. <laughs> told him he was cool. <laughs> very, very <laughs> internal, you know. And I had no, no reason to be so emotional besides. Uh, oh, sure you did. No, I did. I was. Sure you did. I look back on my on my high school life as glorious compared to what other some people, what others, what other people had in their high school lives. Mm-hmm. But Road to Nowhere was one of those songs I was just like, God, oh, this song is just like so good and it was like something i connected with and it's evolved over time so in high school it meant something different to me than it meant in college yeah then it meant to me when i you know was out of college when i got married and then where i'm at today so road to nowhere is the song i jam now and i'm you were on the road to somewhere Monty. i was on the road to somewhere so here is road to nowhere off of ozzy osbourne's no more tears album
Look at him, man. So fucking mean. You're gonna get in trouble because you're gonna get so loud. (laughs) Emo Monty has gone off the rails. Did you see what I did there? Uh, yep. I, I connected it. Nicely I done. connected it back Nicely to Ozzy. Nicely done. We just also realized that I'm older than Monty, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. As Aaliyah but experience s- is relative. As Aaliyah said, age ain't nothing but a number. Yeah. To R. Kelly. Pour out a little liquor. Hmm. Just kidding. Yeah, I remember when Aaliyah died. You probably don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let me grab out my cane and my ARP <laughs> membership. Remember when I used to walk uphill to school? I told you it was just my birthday. I'm having some issues. Yeah, don't have issues. <laughs> it happens. I know. Um, so the next person I picked is a very interesting story mm-hmm. when it comes to going solo. Because Homeboy didn't do shit yes. after one album of going solo. Yep. Which everybody still expects. It is 2016, and the world still wants Steve Perry to come back. Like, no joke. They do. Everybody wants Steve Perry to come fucking come <laughs> back and make another record, either by himself or with Journey. And if he were to, if Steve Perry, let's, let's live in a fantasy world. Okay. Where Steve Perry actually did go solo after Journey and made records. Who knows where we could have been. Yeah. He could have been fucking Lionel Richie. Oh, yeah. Well, not fucking Lionel Richie. Yeah. Not like in a relationship no, with a relationship, him. No. But, you know. No. <laughs> I don't know. He could have been something way different. Yeah. And those pipes alone, I mean. Oh, yeah. I have a friend. <laughs> I have two girlfriends. They're sisters. And they always talk about their dad, how their dad said, this is like the best rock and roll song, pure rock and roll love song. <laughs> and oh, right. I always think of him saying that because this is Steve Perry <laughs> doing Oh Sherry. Song. I told you it was going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, good so one. proud. All right, here we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, so may it be known that on May 23rd, 2016, episode 18 of Mixed Up with Marion Monty, Monty has finally picked 
a Foo Fighters song. <laughs> and it's made me quite emotional. And Mary pretty much said everything I wanted to say about the Foo Fighters earlier. <laughs> I'll so, say more. Um, here's what I have to say. I wasn't sold on the Foo Fighters when they first came out. Oh. It took me having to hear Big Me and seeing that music video to be like, these guys are pretty awesome. <laughs> it was a mix of the fact that they, they had really, really good songwriting ability. When I found out that Dave Grohl did every single track, music track on that album, and that they're able to have fun with their music videos yes. and not be so serious and not be so like uptight with how their structure was going to go. Cause I mean, remember like some of the big videos at this time, I, I think like I could, I'm not sure if it was, but November rain, wasn't November rain kind of a big song uh, at this time? No. Well, this is 1995. 1995. When did so November rain come a, out? Uh, November rain was probably 92 or 92. 93. Okay. A little earlier. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say 93. Anyway. Anyways, when I saw that video and I was like, wow, these guys are having some fun with mm -hmm. music. I went out and got this album pretty quick. And it wasn't until after I got the album. And again, this was in the days when you didn't have internet. You couldn't like search like intricate, like who's behind the album mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And I didn't really know, you know, besides the fact that I'm like, that guy looks like the guy who was in the, who's in Nirvana. the drums yep. in Nirvana. It wasn't until after I got the album that I was like, oh, this is the Nirvana drummer. And P.S., what did you think about the name Foo Fighters? Were you just like, what is that? Well, I didn't know exactly what it meant. Yeah. So <laughs> you were probably like, like, what the fuck is a Foo Fighter? Yeah. So, and I, and I remember, think, joke. remember thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I'll give them a shot. And I love that album. Me I love too. it. Same and days. my friend Justin Coleman, uh, Justin, I know you don't listen, but I'm going to tell you that I said your name and you're going to listen to this episode. <laughs> My friend Justin and I would listen to this song, like, on drives, like, before big games or in the locker room and stuff like that, so. Really? Foo Fighters, yeah. Did you have Mentos while you were listening to it? Uh, not this song, just uh, kind of the whole album we'd, we'd <laughs> listen to, but. Do you remember in that era, the thing about, like, that first album and that first tour, well, the first two tours, is that after this video this also established the Foo Fighters as a goofy video band yeah and mm -hmm. so for this record into the well starting with this actually and then into um the next two records it was like they were expected to make funny videos yep. and kind of got typecast into that thing which they did amazingly well oh, at. Yeah. you know Dave Grohl's always been good at comic relief and but on tour everybody would throw Mentos at them yep for fucking years yeah. and it still happens randomly but I think <laughs> it's still f anyway I think it's funny and I would be one of those guys who'd probably throw, throw Mentos <laughs> I'm very I, proud of you Monty Thank I saw you for them in concert this. with uh, with Weezer the co-headliner thing that they did a few yes. years like that was a long time ago Foozer yeah and the Foozer tour I remember thinking to myself like at the time I was kind of falling off of the Foo Fighters train at that time and then seeing them live again I'm like holy crap Oh, they'll win you over. Yeah. yeah. Time to listen to some more Foo Fighters albums. <laughs> so here's Big Me, everybody, from Foo Fighters' album, Foo Fighters.
now because yes, <laughs> Monty and I because a Foo Fighters song was on we just went is it my turn or your turn wait who just picked it? you picked this I was like no it's, it's your turn no wait it is my turn it's like you gave me a bonus that's right thank that's right. you that was a song for you that was nice I appreciate it you're welcome big, I, like, I love that song I big really you do. to talk about it I really do like that that is one of my I think you've seen my I have a I have a playlist on my computer that's Monty's 360 greatest songs of all time. That's on there, huh? And it's in the top five. Top five? Where's Everlong? I can't tell you. <laughs> uh, what? I can't tell you. Oh. After this is over, I'll quickly go through a mega Number. mix of like, let's go. What do you want to start at? Number 50? 18 with a, you want to start at with 18? a bullet. Want to start at 18? 18, 18 on one? your list? Yeah. 18 in life like, to and go. And they're, they're, they're numbered. I mean, they're huh. numbered. Anyways, we're getting off track. Yeah, yeah, This yeah, will happen yeah. off. We're, we're going to get back on this train. This is going to happen off the microphone <laughs> until someone out there says, you know what? Monty needs to post it. I really want to hear Monty's. I want to see Monty's intricate and detailed 360 greatest uh, songs of yes, all Yes, we all do. Okay. Okay, here's my plea to anyone listening at this point. I have to hear it from a fan. Yes. Okay. This is my plea. Well, it's not even a plea. Like... For our attentive listeners that are listening, and you get to this point in the podcast, and Monty has talked about his 360 best songs of all time, tell him he has to post it. Until one of you tell me to post it, I, it's not going. It's yeah. not leaving my computer. And I have to read it, and so don't make me wait too long, please. I want it to be like legitimate to people, okay? Not just like a, a like on on our no post. likes. No, you have no, to it has interact to say, with us. Monty. Yeah. I want the 360. <laughs> Which sounds kind of <laughs> dirty. It's a good thing you didn't call it your Dirty Sanchez list. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know how this next person's going to feel if he ever listens to our podcast. And he's like, well, Mary, why do you talk so dirty? <laughs> that is a fantastic. That's why a- are you talking so dirty? <laughs> oh, wait. That sounds more like John. <laughs> okay. So this was incredibly difficult because we all know when we're talking about going solo. Yep. Monty talked about it right off the bat today. How do you pick from the Beatles? Like, yep. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. And they are the archetype of a band going solo. Like, I can't, I, I don't know a reference before that because that was just not in my lexicon. Yep. Elvis was always solo. Yep. If we're talking about icons. Mm-hmm. And before that, I didn't even care. Yep. <laughs> so I am really proud of myself that we got to track eight, and I didn't pick 
a George song, a John song, a Ringo song, Correct. and a Paul song. Thank you very much. I held back. Yes. Maybe someday we'll do like a separate Beatles podcast. Yeah. Where I can just... Just go through album by Yeah, album where by we album. can just expose yeah. like... Ugh. Anyway, so today I was having a debate. <clears throat> Not even a debate, just a discussion because he... My friend Jason knew how hard it this was for me. <laughs> how do you pick a solo Paul McCartney song? Oh, yeah. How? But I knew I had to pick Paul because Paul is still active. And to me, yep. that means the world. Like, I can't, I cannot believe it is 2016 and I can still listen to a new Paul McCartney record and he's on tour. Yep. This alone makes Paul McCartney the best Beatle to me. Just because he's still active and whatever. Roll the dice. Who knows? That's just how life goes. Yep. But so I'm debating on what's the best Paul song? What's the best uh, version of Paul? Is it Paul solo? Is it Paul with wings? Because wings, wings is wings is a band. Mm -hmm. Then there's Paul McCartney with wings. Yep. Then there's Paul McCartney. Picking from the first Paul McCartney record, I would have picked Mama Miss America or Junk two of my absolute favorite songs from him and are very strange and instrumental mm -hmm. and just weird. And they're still being used today by different people in different situations. But after having the conversation today with Jason, thank you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I would pick uncle Albert. And I'm like, Oh, I have to pick uncle that's Albert. Good, I have one. to do it. Yep. It was either going to be uncle Albert or band on the run. Because, but then I thought, Band on the Run doesn't make sense for a solo thing. Correct. Uncle Albert makes all the sense in the world. And it's four different songs in one. Yep. So, thank you, Paul McCartney, for being eclectic and weird and different and <laughs> putting different styles in one song. So I went for the, the biggie. And here's Paul McCartney, Uncle Albert. possible way I'm going to be able to even come close to matching that song for a final track and I wanted to but as I said before if you haven't listened to a George Harrison solo album you haven't lived so go out there and find a George Harrison album go listen to All Things Must Pass that's the first one everyone's going to probably listen to Yes. and that's going to be one, you'll be in great shape because that's one of the greatest solo albums ever made and by the way 
November 1970, as all things must pass, mm-hmm. McCartney 1 came out in April of 1970. Yep. So there's six months between each other. But I was having the conversation today. I think that, if I'm correct, George Harrison's All Things Must Pass is still the best-selling solo record from any of the Beatles. Yeah. Could be because it's a double, yeah. and Soundscan doubles it, but well-deserved. And I feel George should always be... I don't know. He's He's got more of a solo spirit than any of the rest of them did yeah. because he needed it the most because mm-hmm. he wasn't very, able to express that's himself. That's a very, very good point. Exactly what you said there. Anyway. He, out, of all the, out of all the Beatles, he did need it most. Yeah. That's a very, very good assessment. Well, I try. Yeah. So I wanted to pick a, a, a Harrison song, and I, did, I decided not to because I think ending it on Paul McCartney's Uncle Albert is a – is is pretty amazing as far as like maybe you wanna... you, maybe you're amazed yeah maybe i'm amazed <laughs> i'll just fucking Pen drop <laughs> walk the fuck out of here <laughs> sorry peace <laughs> and that's it everybody <laughs> oh man oh no so <laughs> just to kind of give you guys something else and i think it's i think it's important that we mention a group like nwa mm-hmm a mm-hmm. collaborative group of guys who could all have individually done something great but came together as a group to make something amazing, something political and a statement for their time. Ice Cube left that band, first one to walk away from mm-hmm. that group, first one to not re-sign a deal, first one to go solo, first one to step into the arena and really like kind of say, like, I, don't, I didn't need you guys. Mm-hmm. I can do it on my own. And he came out with a diss track off of one of his songs. And I'm going to end this on a diss track. You're doing the diss track. I'm doing a diss track. Oh, snap. Because I think that's a good way to end this going solo thing. Everybody thinks that's that. That's true, actually. That's yeah. a really good. That's It's reflective of relationships. And sometimes you Very have to much. break up and be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Goodbye. Peace the fuck out. Yeah. And I think Ice Cube, you know, in this song, you want to talk about a diss track and the song No Vaseline. Dude. Holy. I mean, <laughs> listen to this song and think about the remaining members of NWA. Dr. Dre, Eazy-E, MC Ren, DJ Yella, and sometimes the DOC. Those five guys were still in a group. Maybe on the out, maybe breaking up just a little bit. I think Dre might have moved on by this time. Mm-hmm. When No Vaseline came out off of Ice Cube's album, Death Certificate, 1991. I mean, this was fire. That's huge. This was fire. And to let people know that, yeah, going solo might be, we might always wanted to, we might want to think that it's all flowers and sunshine. Well, that's why he also called it Death Certificate. That was like the end of that that era. And he's like, I'm my own man now. I'm my own man now. So going out on a, on a diss track, we're going to listen to No Vaseline by Ice Cube off and of his Death Certificate album. Real quick, though. Real quick. I finally saw Straight Outta Compton. Oh, yeah. I think from the last time we talked about NWA and Ice Cube and mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, they did this really, really well in yep. that film. So, again, I'm going to. Having all Now of them. I'm going to espouse that you need to see NWA, even if you don't like hip-hop. But if you especially like hip hop and we're in that era of watching these things happen, it's like just very well done. Very um, well done. And that, I, those scenes with uh, like when Tupac's in the in the booth 
I was like, God damn it, that's Tupac. Right. Is that for real him? Right. Like in there? And then when <laughs> when the Oh, guy that's who, another solo act. Yep. Yep, Tupac. Digital, right? Uh not necessarily part uh-huh. of Digital Underground. He was part of their crew uh-huh. but was never an official member. Okay. So but yeah. Anyway, off shot. So, I, I I went off course again. It's okay. <laughs> so here's No Vaseline by Ice Cube, a dish track to finish the day. That's hard. That's hard, man. That's well, that's hard. the thing about going solo. Going solo is hard sometimes. And you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That was nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> Just one little more thing about Ice Cube, okay? For all, all everybody out there who's like, that new Ice Cube movie's out. Let's go watch. What's that movie he did? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the he, Ice Cube movie since Friday. Well. Ice Cube started doing Disney movies, mm-hmm. right? That was all. Yeah. And then I was like. Yeah, right? And I, <laughs> whenever I see that, whenever I hear like, because there was like a rumor that. Ice that, Cube likes money. That Ice Cube wanted to be, well, people want Ice Cube to be the next Green Lantern. And mm-hmm. I said to myself, I'm like, Ice Cube in a big old Marvel movie being a superhero? All these kids wanting to dress up like Ice Cube? I'm like, Go back and listen to Death Certificate. <laughs> Go back and listen to America's Most Wanted. And let me know if, like, like I'm not trying to blast him. Great for him that he's making money, but mm. go back and listen to them songs. Yeah. Like, there's one song where he talks about kicking his pregnant girlfriend down the flight of stairs. Right. It's not all... I mean... Yeah. I mean, damn. Time and money so, away from certain things yeah. will change a it person. makes me think that people will forget anything you yes. do. Yes. Right? Well... Depends on who you are. Sure. Ice Cube has led a very, yeah, different charmed life, and yeah. yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> this was our our. We went solo. Uh, yeah, this but is we our went going solo, solo together. We went solo together. Can I? Can I? Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Can I list my alternates? Do it. Do it. My honorary honorable mentions. Uh, Sting. Yep. I love Dreaming the Blue Turtles that album, which I think. Do you like any Sting mm-hmm. by yeah. himself or meh? I do. I do like meh. Sting by himself. Uh, Tom York. Yep. He made two great records by himself. Very good albums. Uh, Gorillaz. Oh, I yeah. love Gorillaz. Yeah. Um, I'll say I like Gorillaz almost more than Blur. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm just going to go ahead yeah, and say it. Yeah, I would it. say that yeah. too. Um, Robert Plant oh, yeah. and Alison Krauss, mm-hmm. which both went solo and went together to yep. make an album, which I thought was cool. Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Which I mentioned, and then that other guy from Genesis that you mentioned PC. that I don't really like. PC. Yeah. Lionel Richie. Lionel. Commodores. Lionel. Hello. 
Robbie Williams, I love. Oh yeah, Robbie Williams. I love Robbie Williams. So. How about uh, uh, Ricky Martin? Mm, I was never Wasn't a he big part of Menudo. I was never a fan of Menudo. No, Re- no. Mm. who's Re- did Rico Suave? Rico Suave was just always Rico Suave. Oh, it was just Rico Suave. Yeah, he's always okay. been solo. Yeah, right. he's too much for himself. What song did the did Menudo <laughs> do that was famous? I don't remember. I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out, Morrissey. Uh-huh. Yep. Who is more solo than Morrissey? Exactly. Bobby Brown. That's who. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Brown. That's right. Don't forget Bobby Brown, everybody. Uh, Natalie Merchant, I love. Okay, yeah. From 10,000 Maniacs into her solo. John Lennon, we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Ringo, we didn't talk about. Ringo, no. Iggy Pop, Iggy we didn't Pop, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About. Um, Dre, of Dre. course, we mentioned, but. And Easy E. I mean, both of them yep. had. Although Easy E was before NWA, uh, technically, right? Technically, yeah, yeah, he was on his own already. Okay, he doesn't count. Yeah, he doesn't count. I had a uh, old dirty bastard. Yes. I had. Uh, you had every. You had every Wu Tang member. Every Wu Tang member. I had uh, Eric Clapton. I had Ghostface. I had Q-Tip. Uh, when he left and did his solo thing for a of while. Of course, yeah. Um, Q-tip's I had great. MF Doom. Some people are gonna like they, they they may be a little confused by that, but MF Doom was part of KMD for a few oh, years. Oh shit! And then MF Doom You're went right. on his own, and MF Doom on his own is amazing. That's true. Um, there's a great uh, video out on the internet right now that talks about Open Mike Eagle talking about his love for MF Doom find it it's it's amazing yeah. it's an amazing video um i had george harrison of course yep um most of my people were were hip-hop guys yeah like big boy mm-hmm. went out and did a great album on his own CeeLo. CeeLo, yep yeah CeeLo from mob. from mob yep. to that and then um diana ross oh, although yeah. i like mm-hmm. supremes better that's why i didn't pick her and then beyonce i mean gwen stefani i don't like gwen stefani I like No Doubt better, but mm, yeah. I mean that Hollerback album is eh. huge. It's huge. Yeah, but huge doesn't mean good. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Wasn't Keith Sweat part of a group? Um, Keith Sweat wasn't was he, in wasn't New Edition, wasn't he? New Edition, yeah. yeah. I mean, all the New Edition I mean, guys. Twisted. Johnny Gill, Johnny Ralph Tresmont, yeah, Bobby, uh-huh. Brown, Bobby Brown, um, uh, Michael Bivens. Michael Bivens, yeah. yeah. BBD. BBD. Although, we'll save that for our next one. Yeah. For for supergroups and right. offshoots, so. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope that you give us some suggestions. This was fun. It was fun. Having Thank someone you. suggest this to us and we've had a good time doing this. So we'll try to be a little bit more consistent and we'll get some more product out there for you guys to consume. <laughs> <laughs> Just a product? <laughs> I'm somebody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all of the wonderful response that you guys have sent out to us. Uh, big shout out to some of our fans, Stanley Bain, who listens consistently. Yay, Stanley. Uh, Chris Hi, Stanley. Gossett, who listens consistently. Matthew Robinson, who is a champion for us. Matthew is wonderful. Thank yeah. you, Matthew. Thank uh, you, Josh. Big shout out to Jeremy Lacarney. I know he's been keeping up with everything Thank you, uh, in the last few days. We and, miss uh, you, Jeremy. We hope to have him back very soon, uh, perhaps as a guest. Maybe we'll have him out as a guest. Maybe nice. we'll just have him in the booth again. Just um, having Jeremy in the room is always a little bit nice. of fun. It is nice. And uh, Jenna in San Diego, yes, who has just told us that we should go out to San Diego and do a live podcast there. Oh. We could do one by the beach. Yeah. 
We don't even have to play Beach Boys. We don't. We don't. So. No Beach Boys. <laughs> no Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Monty, I appreciate not having to go solo in the podcast world. Yes. So thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, everybody. Keep listening to good music. Keep sending us your suggestions. I am Monty. And I am Mary. Have a good one. Bye.